you know, they see the primal animal, they see the the wild man inside of me, and I think I know every single person has that wild animal inside of them, and they want to let it out. And sometimes you go out of balance. And 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 uh, I think the pendulum swings both ways, right? So if you got absolute wellness and absolute debauchery on the other end, right, you might want to keep it balanced because if the pendulum's pegged on the other level, the potential for it to go to complete debauchery is there, right? So as much as we can walk the razor's edge, hey, look, I live in the city. We got 5G. We've got industrial waste. We've got I don't know, 10 million cars on the road. And you can see the the fine line of smog out there on the uh, on the horizon so you know we're we have to deal with elements in our society and still be able to you know move forward so walk the razor's edge and do the best you can that's Troy Casey the certified health nut and this is episode 314 of Wellness Force Radio Wellness Force Radio where we discover the physical and emotional intelligence to live life well you can have the same brain states as someone who's done an hour of meditation every day for 40 years. There's a lot of losses that we go through, so the ability to be able to cope with those losses is very important to build skill in it, because loss will happen. You know, you have to have spiritual courage to really grow spiritually, because if you really want to take guidance from your soul, you have to be ready to realize that many of the things that you're asking for guidance on, your ego has some kind of an addiction to or an investment in. What's going on, my friend? It's Josh Trent. You made it to Wellness Force. And today we're talking with Troy Casey, the certified health nut, the breathwork master, the emotionally intelligent cowboy. You're going to find out exactly why I call him this in this episode. This is an hour and a half plus of absolute rich gold. We're going to talk about plant medicine and breathwork and Troy Casey's story, working through anger issues as a man, what it means to be a man in the modern world, how Troy got remarried at Rhythmia at the end of a plant medicine week. (laughs) Such a touching story. There's multiple times during this podcast where I felt like I was going to cry. Troy had tears in his eyes. This is a great one. I'm really proud for you to hear this. This is an incredible podcast coming up. This episode is brought to you by Cured Full Spectrum Hemp. And by the way, it's organically farmed in Colorado, right here in the beautiful USA. This full-spectrum hemp with a wide variety of terpenes and all the parts of the plant. The hemp plant that give us digestion, joint, brain muscle tissue, support, the relaxation and the good sleep that we deserve, especially after a stressful day. This is what Cured Nutrition delivers. There's a lot of talk, by the way, in the hemp industry, the CBD industry. What's the best product? When I did the research and I looked at the reports and I saw how quality that this company really was, I pulled the trigger. I knew exactly who we were going to partner with. Cured Nutrition. We're bringing you the best of the best in the entire CBD and hemp market. This is a simple, clean ingredient, no preservatives, just locally sourced, organically farmed, full spectrum hemp. The kind of product I'd be happy to give to my grandma if she was still here. And I'm happy to give to my mom. I know you'll like it too. And because you're here with us in the Wellness Force family, you get 15% off. Just go to wellnessforce.com forward slash cured. C-U-R-E-D. Use the code wellnessforce at checkout. Get 15% off your order over at wellnessforce.com forward slash cured. If you've been looking for a CBD product, a hemp product that you can trust that's organically sourced, this is your go-to wellnessforce.com forward slash cured. Use that code wellnessforce to get 15% off so you can save some money and spend it on other beautiful things that make you feel good. All right, Troy Casey. (laughs) 
If you've seen Troy Casey on social media, then you already know this is one of the most outspoken wellness leaders on the planet. Troy does not disappoint in this episode. We got to record this live in Malibu at a house overlooking the ocean. What an incredible conversation. I love this man. I love Troy Casey. I love what he stands for in our wellness world. I love his heart. I love his commitment to taking care of himself and preaching self-love and what that really means, the embodiment of self-love to his followers on Instagram and Facebook and YouTube. It's a funny story, actually. I've known Troy Casey for 10 years but we actually just met this year. We met in April at the Bulletproof Conference. He was on a vibe plate and he gave me hape tobacco. And then we talked about organic foods. (laughs) True story. That's how Troy Casey and I actually met in person. But I've been seeing his trajectory and his growth. And this is what you're going to get from this podcast. By the way, it's so easy and it means so much for you to leave a five-star review. Can you hook it up for us? Can you leave us a five-star review? I ask you this because we have so many people that write into the show and this show is reaching people across the world. It's, it's honestly a dream come true. And I would love your support to be able to have this show reach even more people. And the only way that's going to happen is if you speak your truth. You can do it at wellnessforce.com forward slash review. You can also just go over to iTunes and type in your thoughts on a five-star review. Share this podcast with somebody that you think gets to hear this message. Somebody that can become more physically and emotionally intelligent, just like we have on today's show. You're going to get a look into the life of a holistic nutritionist, an entrepreneur, a father, an influencer, a man who had an incredibly challenging upbringing, going on to be a Versace model, and then going into the Amazon, diving into plant medicine way before plant medicine was mainstream, to then working on building his brand, this certified health nut, this mission, this movement what he's doing with organic superfoods and everything else under the sun. We did not leave one stone unturned in this podcast. Let's dive in right now. No more waiting. The one, the only, Mr. Troy Casey. Troy Casey, you are a force of wellness, a legit force of wellness. And I, and I say that because, gosh, man, 10 years ago, I think is when I learned about you and I saw you. Certified health nut in the house, man. Thank you so much, brother, for coming on the show. Thanks for having me, man. You've been through quite the journey. Yeah. You went to Rhythmia. We're going to talk about this re-engagement of the soul that you had. It gives me chills just to talk to you about it. Um, We're here in Malibu. We're overlooking the ocean. It's a beautiful day, man. Just Mm. want to start this conversation with gratitude for you Mm. uh, and just how openly you share on social media about your life and and just everything that you've been through and what is certified health in that, man? For people that don't know about you, they've they've never seen uh, the bearded wellness cowboy. (laughs) Uh, What is certified health nut? What is that brand? Yeah, well, first of all, let me just express gratitude as well. Um, I'm grateful for you having me on the show, and I'm grateful to be on this planet right now. Certified Health Nut was an idea, was a vision that I had in the Amazon in 2006. I'd been uh, in front of the camera for about 20-something years at that time, almost 20 years. Uh, I had been studying natural medicine since I was in front of the camera, I do believe I have like methylation pathway issues. I don't know what it is because I've never really been tested, but I just figured, you know, I had constipation, I had indigestion. So I got into nutrition 30 years ago as a Versace model. And then it was an amalgamation of my on-camera career. I was doing stand-up comedy. No shit. Yeah. You're a Versace model that did stand-up comedy? Well, eventually, yeah. This is why I love podcasting, because I would never, we would never get to that, you know, if we didn't do this. So continue, please. 
So uh, at the time, I was doing a lot of stand-up, and, uh, and I studied improv, and I'm a trained actor. So I moved to L.A. to, to change my career as an actor. And, uh, and then I started working with an herbal company in the Amazon. I was, I was in Amazon drinking ayahuasca with the Shipipo Indians, and I had this vision. I had three very profound visions, and one of them was of certified health nut. It was an amalgamation of my on-camera career, my natural medicine studies, and my stand-up. And Certified Health Nut was born right in the middle of the Amazon. <laughs> I remember seeing you on YouTube, no beard, like fully shaved. Uh, it's been the ultimate thresholds breached for you. Like, I, it's so funny. I met you this year for the first time, but I'd known about you for 10 years. And, and you're like, I'm kind of a cowboy, Josh. And from that moment on, I was like, Troy's the wellness cowboy. Like, <laughs> the Certified Health Nut is the wellness cowboy. And it's so funny because in our world right now, the perfect metaphor for being is an emotionally intelligent cowboy. This is what women want. This is what the world needs. A good man with an edge. You, you do a lot of work in men's work, a lot. And I want to say this, my mentor in the Amazon was this gringo shaman named Scott Peterson. He was a funny fucker and he was just so intelligent and had a lot of information. And what he told me, because he worked in South America a lot and then stayed in the, um, the Southwest, so New Mexico and Arizona, and worked inside the healing community at the same time he did rodeos and would hang out with cowboys. And this is what he told me. He also was a ski instructor, so he was, he was well-rounded. He said, in the healing community, everybody's always fucking sick. But the cowboys would snort coke and drink Jack Daniels and never have a fucking problem. And so he was like, there's got to be some kind of in-between where you can be tough as fucking nails and have all your natural medicine protocols. And so I think there's a balance. There's not, don't throw the baby out so with the bathwater. Cool. Keep your yeah. nuts in place and also activate the divine feminine that's inside of you and balance yourself out. You Dude, know, I remember that movie City Slickers. Remember Curly from City Slickers? He ate bacon every day yeah. and he had like the most unhealthy lifestyle, but yet he was the most grounded, the most happy. And when he died, everybody was like, wow, what an amazing man. <laughs> Yeah. From that movie. I think there is this metaphor of the cowboy that, that you embody. But that shit was not always the case. Like, I did not see you as a cowboy 10 years ago. You've kind of morphed into this. Yeah, I think I was trying to fucking fit in, right? And I cut that shit the fuck out, right? So, you know, as a Versace model, you know, they want you to look clean and good. And, you know, I had the same haircut for almost 20 years of my career. And so, you know, really short buzz cut and uh, classic looking. And I don't think it was an abject trying to fit in. I think it was just by osmosis, right? Um, and so, um, and what happened when I went through my divorce is I stopped giving a fuck and I let my hair grow out. And actually that was really, I think not giving a fuck and letting my hair grow out was kind of a, a growth action in, you know, it was, it was a progression uh, of things that happened. I care deeply. Let's, mm -hmm. let's get clear on this. I was just thinking that Troy gives a big fuck. Yeah, I care deeply about yeah. this planet, about yeah. our species, about the evolution of consciousness, but I don't give a fuck what people think of me because the peanut gallery and the armchair quarterbacks are fucking everywhere. I know mm. this from working on YouTube, you know, and, and there's plenty of accounts that are ghost accounts that are just, you know, 13-year-old kids 
you know, with Cheetos on their fingers and wiping it on a t-shirt. Trying to troll and get a reaction yeah, out of yeah. people. Oh my God, somebody's listening to me. Yeah. So I've dealt with that for many, many years. And I was also capitulating a, a little bit with that with, with, with my wife. You know, she's like, you know, shave and wear a suit and it looks better and you'll yeah. make more money. And I still get people on my social media telling me that. Shave, you know, you'll be more successful and, and you, know, you know, why don't you have your old look or... And a lot of girls, I, I, the way I see it is, is it's really the indoctrination of the culture because this is the, the, the wild man, the primal man. This is natural man, yep. right? So, um, so what is it about you know, some people that, that can't, can't accept that or don't want to accept that? And it really comes down to business is done in a certain way. You yep. wear a monkey suit, which is the actual, the, the origins of the, the, the business suit today come from military, and so, um, and then the noose around your neck, you know, that is basically, you know, a noose, a slave mm-hmm. noose, in yeah. my humble opinion. And I don't feel comfortable in this stuff. I look like a million bucks in it, but I don't feel comfortable, you know? And so, so I just stopped, I, I stopped caring about what other people think. And then I was like, what really feeds my soul? And what feeds my soul is being as naked as possible in the sun as barefoot and grounded to the earth as much as possible, moving my body most of the day. Yeah. I, my, my fuel mixture is high-quality organic food. I need good water. I need damn good sleep. I need to get my mind right if I'm utilizing you know, Wi-Fi and electricity's all around me. I need to be able to be balanced in this world. So yeah. I started putting all those elements first just to stay balanced. Otherwise, asshole me is a dick, right? And you don't need an angry you know, guy with all his wounds out there. And so for me to self-medicate is all the shit that I do. I'm almost positive that you've shared about gut-brain access problems and dysbiosis. You healed your gut over many years. Yeah. What was that like? I mean, because I'm sure that is a total speaker that feeds some of the things you give to your audience now. Like if your gut is unhealthy, that's going to mess with your mind. That's going to make you not be able to love fully which I'm so stoked to talk about Rhythmia later. I want to like jump into that right now. We'll hold the, we'll hold the <laughs> fort on that. But, but talk to us about how you healed yourself because I find this, you know, the, the wounded healer becomes the healer. The archetype of separation, initiation, return, some kind of hero's journey that repeats multiple times in one's life. You had to heal yourself in order to now stand firm in this wellness cowboy, Troy Casey certified health night. Like you had to go through your own healing, man. Can you, share, can you share that with us? So that was about a 30-year progression. I started out as a Versace model, walking into the agency. You know, you, you spend money to market yourself, bring yourself to Milan, pay for hotels, and you want to go see clients. And you walk into the agency, and they're like, oh, honey, you're fat, you know? And it's like, you know, I'm a young kid, 23 years old. It's like I didn't do anything different than I did yesterday. I'm the same guy. But I would bloat and I would hold on extra water. And I didn't know what that was. So I went down to the bookstore, found a book on nutrition. Oh, wow, fruits and vegetables are real food. <laughs> Who knew? You know, growing up as an American on processed foods, right? Captain Crunch and Pop-Tarts. Yes. And so uh, so there was my education right there. And then they had farmer's markets. I never even went to a farmer's market. And in Italy, they're everywhere, right? So... There, there was my education that started about 30 years ago. So what I know about the two forces that are on the planet, the yin and the yang, is your curse is your gift, right? So it's the, it's this, it's the, it's the same side of the coin, the other side of the coin, right? So my curse was that I had digestive issues. All right, so 
30 years forward, I can now see that there was emotional issues in my second and third chakra, especially since I started doing Taoist stomach massage. Your vagus nerve goes down through your heart, through your gut. And then there's all these nerve endings uh, in your abdomen area. And you can yeah. feel them. They're very sensitive, especially right underneath your sternum and then around your belly button. And so I had uh, issues. Uh, if I could pinpoint it, it would be uh, um, it would be in my uh, descending colon and right in that area. And I think it's more along the lines uh, of that vagus nerve. There's yeah. some impingement there. And so, and then that's on my second chakra. And then my power chakra used to be so sore right underneath the sternum. And so, so lo and behold, okay, you get yelled at when you're younger. And, you know, my, 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 my stepfather was a, a bit abusive and, and, uh, you know, you shut down, you know, somebody yells at you, <gasps> you hold your breath yeah. and all sorts of stagnation gets there. So you got the emotional component, you got the physical component. I, I was vaccinated, antibiotics, you know, to the point where, you know, I grew up in the seventies. So they were handing out antibiotics almost as bad as they're handing them oh, out yeah. now, but, yep. but still they, they, you know, all that stuff after I got vaccinated, I had all sorts of ear infections and then they give antibiotics for that. So who knows on what level my gut microbiome was disrupted, not to mention I had a mother that was knocked out cold when I was delivered. And, um, I don't know how much uh, breastfeeding, uh, she did to tell you the truth. Were you natural birth or did they have cesarean? Uh, I was natural birth. Okay. So you were washed but in I some was, of the- I was scalpeled out of her vagina with these, these spatula type things that go around and pull the skull out. Yeah. And it makes sense because when people try and fuck with me or pull me around or something, I want to fight back. Right. Mm. So I was literally ripped out of my mother's vagina while she was unconscious. Uh, I, I did a lot of research when my children came. I worked with a world renowned uh, midwife and she showed me the, the military uh, um, um, videos of back then with these scalpels that would go in the vagina, cir circle the head, and then actually pull you out. So I've, that's heard, I've heard research on that too, that even that's where rebirthing came from, is from people that had traumatic births and Leonard Orr with his rebirthing and also just like the rebirthing movement where people will have to go back to their birthing and reassimilate it, reimprint it where they're safe, they're held, they're supported. And I've heard a lot of it has to do with the pressure of Ooh. the mother's vagina, where the lips actually push the, the pressure of that can mess with people's entry into the world. And so yep. this rebirthing process goes back and does ultimate healing. Have you heard of this rebirthing? Oh, and I've done it. And oh, you have? And rebirthing's a miracle. Yeah, I've done it uh, m many times, actually. Um, and then I've also heard that the C-section children, the, psychology, the psychologists have much harder trouble uh, dealing with them uh, because they don't have the vaginal pineal gland squish, right? So that those vaginal muscles squish on the head. You got a soft spot on the top of the skull, yeah. squeezes the skull, the DMT comes out and you are born into this world with a, with a full DMT experience. And so uh, I don't, I don't know how much that's true. You know, everybody, <laughs> Hey, you got any scientific proof for that? I heard this sure, and that, sure. and that makes sense to me. Gosh, man. Okay. So at what point did you like hit the bottom of the well where you're like, cool, if I don't fix this gut issue, something bad's going to happen. Like we all have that moment where it's like shit gets really real. Well, for me, it was a progression. So what I noticed first on is I started juicing and juicing subjugated the majority of my problems. And I also started doing some form of calorie restricted intermittent fasting, which is called juicing, right? So I was putting in pre-digested liquid 
bioavailable, high-quality nutrient, pre-digested, right? Already easily absorbed. Mm. So there's no digestion required. And actually, those materials, the celery juices, the cabbage juice, the carrot juice, that, that's going to stimulate peristalsis function anyways. So that rectified my issue to a certain degree right then and there. Plus, I started working with herbs, dandelion, which is a diuretic for my bloating, uh, and I and I think because I also partied for many years that diet the dandelion really helped, you know, preserve my liver, um, and and so uh, I, I truly feel that. And so did, did dandelion got it into cascara sagrada and senna, but some of those herbs are medicinal and they build up um, uh, a tolerance to that. So I had to do the dance with that. I knew that you know colonics and and. Uh, and enemas, you know, that's an that's a out hole, not an in hole. And so, yeah, they work, but I didn't want to come dependent on it. I did a clonic one time, and and I didn't get the same results. And I'm like, hey, this is not sustainable. Have your views changed on enemas with all you know now? Uh, they're they're useful. I just recommend people don't become dependent upon them. Yeah, uh, and you hit it from the top down instead of the bottom up. Now, yes, okay, correct. And I think the great equalizer is. I, I wasn't going to go there now, but uh, I, I, I will go there. But aged urine enemas are the one thing that really helped put the nail in the coffin for my gut issues. So it wasn't until I started doing aged urine enemas. Um, Where'd you learn about that? The funny thing is, is my story was going linearly, and, and now I'm <laughs> we'll go back the, to now. Yeah. I'm at the end, and I'm trying to figure out because okay. there was some some critical pieces. I had black mold exposure, oh. and then my gut really got fucked up, and then I had this gurgling, and you know, so it's, this is this is within the last five years. You know, I had a fungal, in, not so much fungal infection, but I could feel something gurgling around there at night. Things weren't digesting; like it just wasn't right down there. And that was that was just in the last five years. And so I started doing a lot of breath work uh, with my breath work coach, and he had cured himself of testicular cancer with Shivambu or urine therapy. And I'd been doing urine therapy for many years, drinking my own urine first thing in the morning. But it, uh, he challenged me to a urine fast where you loop your urine, you constantly loop your urine. And the purpose of that is the biofeedback loop. And it's the best biofeedback loop. It's going to allow your body to self-correct. Hey, this is what's going on with it. And Sounds like is, it doesn't taste that good, though. I actually love the way. It, <laughs> oh my god! Not, you, you heard. I love the way first. it feels. Okay. I love the way it feels. So the taste reminds you of the the healing that's happening. Yeah. What's going on with my body? Wow. Okay. So, like instantly, like biocomputer, just like you don't have to think about it or anything. So along with the juicing and the the greens and giving your digestion really the the nourishing kind of love that it that it wanted. It, it also sounds to be emotional at the same time. Being in the modeling industry is hard, man. That's a pretty unhealthy industry. Very unhealthy. And that is a mirror back to where my consciousness... I, I think the, 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 the entertainment industry, but the modeling industry is probably one of the worst. Drugs, cigarettes, and stimulants. Yeah, all, all of that. And it's just a high level of dysfunction. Sexual abuse... Um, you know, that towards the end, I, I really, I, I couldn't handle it because all the gatekeepers of the work were homosexuals mm. and there's a lot of sexual innuendos and game playing. And I just don't fucking play games very well. You know, I'm a straight shooter. I grew up on the street. I was incarcerated as a youth. I, I don't like people fucking with me. I'm highly in, in, intuitive, psychic, whatever you want to call it. And uh, the reason is, I used to call it, you know, I'm street smart, whatever, is because of threat assessment. I learned very on when I was a child, when things started to go fucking haywire, 
in the house, hey, what's what and what do I need to do to keep safe? So in a split second, I can read people like a book mm-hmm. and I can see that and I can also feel their energy. And that's gotten me into a lot of trouble because I've spoken out of it. I didn't know what it was before, but I was like, hey, fuck you, you know, mm. and you say fuck you to someone, sure. <laughs> you lose the battle. Typically, right that's confrontational when you say fuck you. Exactly. <laughs> but now I'm realizing that I'm just extremely highly intuitive. Um, and so, um, and, 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 you know, it really comes down to, th- to threat assessment. What was it about the childhood? Because I, I was raised in split homes. I was two months old in an incubator, like, I had a very challenging, just like I think most people do that care. Most people that have this thirst and and hunger for consciousness, they come into the world and part of their entry into the world is some kind of threshold, some kind of challenge. And for some people, it's like higher degrees than others. But there was something maybe specific about your home life early that allowed you to really feel that deep, dark contrast. What was that contrast, man? Well... I mean, again, back to my research, when my children came, I wanted to make sure I healed my wounds enough or be aware of them once my kids came so I wouldn't repeat those patterns. Yeah. So I interviewed my parents, both of them. My parents were fighting physically uh, when I was in the womb. Um, Again, my mother was uh, knocked out cold. Mm. Um, You know, nothing wrong with my parents. Everybody's just doing the best they can. And here's the other thing I really want to put into this conversation. No victims, right? Of course. There is no victim consciousness. It's just, this is all spiritual fodder for our own awakening, is my working philosophy. So, uh, you know, whatever trauma that we experience, it's all just part of the growth trajectory. So they were fighting physically when I was in the womb. And then um, I think we were together for another year and a half before my mother left my, my, my real father. Uh, so that went on from basically minus zero to one and a half physical, you know, my, my dad's Irish and, and my grandfather, I think there was a lot of, you know, abuse and, you know, plenty of high vibe, you know, high energy, uh, not high vibe, not high high, vibe. (laughs) Yeah. High (laughs) energy intensity. Right. And so my nervous system is still on guard to this day to the point where I have to wear noise cancellation headphones. And I wear the construction worker ones, not the Bose, because I don't like the Bluetooth. But I I have to wear those. And when I'm tired or real sensitive and I got to go out, maybe I'm riding my bike and there's buses running by, I'll put those things on even if I got to go outside. I'll even wear them in public places Mm. just because I can be so sensitive. Um, and then I learned that, you know, growing up with, with, with my children, the screaming, oh my God, it just, it was too much for my nervous system. So I had head cance- uh, noise cancellation headphones around me at, at, at all times. And so, uh, so my nervous system was, was, was on guard. And then, uh, and then growing up, my, my stepfather, I was, I was fortunate enough to do a tour of his orphanages in Scotland and to see the abuse that he endured there wow. and was able to forgive him for whatever that transferred into my life. I mean, seriously, like crying and just be like, fuck, man. I didn't even tell him I forget. I just fucking, dude, I forgive you. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, dude, you fucking pain that you endured, Yeah, yeah. you know, and being split up from your family. Christmas Day is fucking, his, uh, his aunt took him to the orphanage, not even the mother, and dropped them the fuck off. Yeah. That's intense shit. And then when he was 12, he was older and his younger brother was younger and they, the boys have to go into split homes and he had, he had, he had uh, collected some change 
from from begging in the street, whatever he did, he, but he had his own little pile of money, and they found that, and they called him a thief, and they fucking ripped his clothes off and fucking whipped him in front of the forty new boys he was going to be in the house with. I'm like, holy this fucking is this shit. is like a horror movie. I'm yeah. like, holy fucking shit! I'm in tears here, and no matter what it was, it was just like I fucking forgive you, bro, and mm. fucking understand. Yeah, you know, it was fucking deep, and so. You know, and God forbid that guy raised his voice when I was a kid. Fuck the terror that I could just feel from that. It was like, holy shit. So I understand where all my nervous system got all this training and this anger and this pent up emotions and this digestive issues stuff. And so it was, you know, it's understandable now. And again, your curse is your gift. Yeah. So now I've navigated all these terrains for so many years. I've got all the shortcuts all piled up into a 10-day juice cleanse. Or, uh, you know, if you've really got the gumption and, and you're not married yet, or even if you are married, go sit a 10-day Vipassana course. Yeah. You know, go to fucking Rhythmia if you got the cash and fucking dump. If you don't have the cash, sell your fucking house. <laughs> sell your car that you don't need. Dude, Troy, I had no idea of all the things that happened for you uh, with with parents. And it just it just hits a spot in me because I have this sense, especially after interviewing Mark Wolin on the show, he wrote a book called It Didn't Start With You, Healing Generational Pain, Healing mm-hmm. Generational Trauma. Even the way you've articulated all the things that happened to your father, there's probably things that happened to your grandfather and your great-great-grandfather, yep. yep. where we're literally kind of fed beliefs that get imprinted epigenetically in us, our grandmother, actually was born with the seeds of you and I inside of her womb, yep. our grandmothers. So everything is traced back to generational learning, generational pain. And this is why it's so powerful that you're here on Wellness Force talking about where you are today. Because this conversation would have never happened out of your father's mouth, out of your grandfather's mouth. The awareness wasn't there. The awareness wasn't there. So really, yep. what do you consider yourself to be a harbinger of awareness for other people? Just, just your vehicle is health. I mean, that's some cute linguistic gymnastics. I mean, that's great. You know, pe- people view me this, that, or the other thing, and I kind of just nomenclature's cool. Yeah. But I'm just living in the skin suit just like everyone else. Right. But we're here in the 3D and those words have impact for people. Yeah. So what's the question again? The question question is, do you feel like in some way that you're an energy or a messenger of awareness, of consciousness? Oh, absolutely. As much as I feel that everyone is, I think that maybe potentially I've cleared my channel a little bit more that I can be that conduit, that clean channel. Um and and ultimately that is what my my mission is to do right my mission is to raise human consciousness and change all systems so that means i have to raise my own consciousness first and so um so yeah i'm i'm I, my mission you know i've got you know many ways to say it you know i've definitely my commitment is full enlightenment in my lifetime um but however i can be a channel of the divine however i can be you know, the oasis in the middle of the desert for others. I can be the test monkey to go, you know, tip my toe in the water and see if it's cold or warm and give the feedback. Um, yeah, I can be the test monkey for everyone else, you know? It's challenging though, because a lot of people that are in need of more awareness, there's a certain language that must be used in order to reach them. 
right? Because if you went and said, I want full enlightenment in my lifetime, and, and you tried to reach people that were maybe on Hawkins scale, they were more towards fear or shame or grief or sadness down there, they, they might not get that language. It's, it's cool because we were talking yeah, so about it. so I don't earlier. tell that to most people. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but here on Wellness Force, like, we know what you're talking about, man. But, but, but there is something to be said about, gosh, being a messenger is just as important as the message itself. Sometimes the messenger of consciousness or the messenger of anything that's going to help heal um, can turn off the message, you know? So you've done work on being a great messenger, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And your message resonates with certain kinds of people. It seems like, to, to me, a lot of men are mm-hmm. drawn to you. Mm-hmm. Why is that? Why are so many men being drawn to this work that you're doing? Well, I mean, you say this work, there's a, that's pretty broad because I do the mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe, you know, I got my Ripped at 50 marketing campaign and my book coming out. You know, I'm in decent shape for someone my age, and certainly not the 70% obesity norm that we live in. So maybe there's attraction on the physicality there. Um, I think men also, you know, they see the primal animal they see the the wild man inside of me and i think i know every single person has that wild man inside of them that wild animal inside of them and they want to let it out whether it's in the bedroom or whether it's you know growing a beard and acting like dan blazarian you know yeah whatever for sure you know just letting it all hang out and saying this is fucking me like dennis rodman or you know any other wild fucking man that's out there uh so there's an attraction component to that uh, as well. And, uh, I mean, again, not to toot my own horn and people probably think I'm an egomaniac, but I know my shit, you know, and that's also attractive as well. You know, you want to learn from other people that, that, that got their shit together. I learn from everyone. First and foremost, I'll learn what not to do from people that I don't like or don't like the way they're operating. But the fact of the matter is, is, you know, that's why I love Paul check so much. He knows his fucking shit yeah. and it's not just knowledge. He applied that knowledge into his physical structure. Mm-hmm. So it's not enough to have these good ideas and, and be able to speak them. You know, it's like the old adage, dead doctors don't lie. You know, what's the average death of a doctor? It's like in their 50s or something like that. And so, so you know, leading by example is so important to me. And uh, because my, my greatest fear, Josh, is bullshitting myself, right? That's my greatest fear. And so... Um, so, you know, maybe maybe guys are attracted to that. Um, obviously, I'm doing men's work right now. Uh, people are attracted to that. Yeah. People want community. They want, they want to feel. And, you know, a lot of people in marketing and branding, you know, they're talking about community and they want to lead with that. But that's not the way my, my mind operates. Let me just be a fucking intact human being. Let me just be as open and vulnerable and conscious and strong and resilient and let me just be a motherfucking man the best I can, the best I know in the moment, and let the chips fall where they may. You know, let me just be the best. What do you think being a man really is, especially now? Well, I'm definitely exploring that level of philosophical thought. I think, you know, being a man, what does it fucking be like? It's such an abstract kind of subjective kind of thing. But being a man, I mean, first of all, I think that there are divine masculine qualities. I think David Data talks about this. And I haven't read all of his literature, but I do know that it has a tremendous validity. And I think the masculine in general, it's got the structure, it's kind of, you know, as an as an arrow or the 
up-facing triangle, which represents the phallic symbol and the Star of David, and then the woman represents the downward-facing tri- triangle. So, so I think man traditionally and the testosterone and the biological and the physiological components of our, our, our ability to have strength and to be able to fight this or that, or I believe a good portion of masculine energy and, and being a man is to know what's on the horizon to eat and what will eat you. And because the modern world and the technology has changed, what will eat you is dark and nefarious and it's not out there. In fact, it's packaged in, you know, uh, new and improved Tide and, mm-hmm. and, and this is the greatest thing from sliced bread or whatever, you know? And so, so, so man... David Data's work, if I could quote it, and I don't want to bastardize it. Again, this isn't my big wheelhouse, even though I'm doing a lot of men's work right now. I'm just doing it all kind of intuitively. Um, but man is there to set up the perimeter so the feminine can dance, right? Mm-hmm. So the feminine can flower, right? And everybody's doing their task. Now, men have a stronger structure. They have some testosterone, Um so there, there's 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 different elements, and the feminine, you know, makes things beautiful, and and so we do that dance together. We're complementary opposites, right? There's two forces, and the uh, seven natural immutable laws, the law of polarity or the law of gender as well, mm-hmm. uh, is always at play. And so, and and then we also have the yin and the yang, the fat masculine and feminine inside of each one of ourselves. And we want to stay as balanced as possible, or at least the ancient sages have all said, walk the razor's edge, you know, balance, you know, the middle path. So you, so you're walking between, you know, both of them. And, um, and so I do think, you know, what, what is a man? You know, I, listen, I, I got caught up in the little hippy-dippy-doo West Side Los Angeles, you know, everything's love and bliss, yeah. you know. Let me We're be all a- the same. There's no such thing as gender. These, these crazy conversations. Oh, my God. Let me tell you, nothing is bigger than a shit show of mm-hmm. confusion than, 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 than all of that. But yeah. look, when my, one of my businesses went down, my wife is very skilled in the fashion industry. We had our second child. My, I was working in the Amazon with an herbal company. There was challenges at the highest level. I was I was attached to that mission. I drove so much change in that company that that we brought on consultants, and I basically fucked myself out of a commission check. Well, that's a negative way to look at it. I basically blessed myself with another path that helped me go to where I am today. Mm-hmm. That <laughs> so led us to sit together. Yeah, fucking a. You yeah. know. So, but my heart was really invested in that. And you can see my older YouTube videos from the beginning. That was all in the Amazon. And, and so, um, so I said, look, I'm a fucking man. I love my fucking kids. I want to spend all the time with them. I'll play Mr. Mom, right? Hormonally, it exhausted me. It fucking broke me. Uh, and you know what? My woman, because of the conditioning or whatever is out there, you know, it was like, man, money, and women, you know, take care of the kids. Yeah. And as soon as that role got, she was, she was probably jealous of me. She was feeling insecure about her own, you know, uh, mothering, uh, probably, you know, guilty, mommy guilt, uh, layered. So me washing the dishes and taking care of the kids and changing diapers and all that other shit wasn't good enough. 
it literally, in our society, in our constructs, where maybe we shouldn't have these ideas, let me tell you, they're fucking there. Yeah. They're really there. Whether it's from conditioning or not, there's something visceral, something primal where they come from. So, and at the same time, my wife was wearing her man pants. So then when I would, she's a smart woman and I want to honor her. So I was allowing her information to come in, but it was subjugating my internal guidance system, my intuition, my innate intelligence. I didn't know that then, but I can put words to it now because now that we're back remarried again and, and she trusts everything I do and loves my beard. She wanted me to shave it in the beginning because to make more money, but she was still caught up in that. But she loves my beard. She loves my confidence. She loves everything that I'm doing. And now what I tell her is I said, please, I'm here to listen to you. I want to listen to you. I honor your intelligence and your feminine input. However, I have to have my own internal guidance system in place. I have to make the decisions that are right. Whether I fall on my fucking face or not, I have to have some bearings in time and space. And that's going to come from my own primal animal, my own intuition, however I'm guiding myself. And so, and she understands that now. And she really wants to let go and go into the feminine. Mm. I told my wife now, your only job is being beautiful. Let's let that land for a minute. That's powerful, man. And it feels amazing. Yeah. You know, I'm actually in a position, I had to do a lot of work around surrender because I did a lot of work on marketing and click funnels and <laughs> trying to monetize everything yeah, that I was- 3D world shit. Th- bootstrap my fucking ideas like from zero to, you know, sustainable in West Side of Los Angeles. I need like 20 grand a month just to, just to live, right? And so- uh, you know, I drove myself crazy, and actually, the final piece that really helped me was just surrendering uh, to 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 what is, which is a feminine aspect. You know, and so um, you know, now that I'm actually in a position, I feel stronger. My beard's out, my hair's longer. You know, I feel that primal element. I'm like, babe, I got this. Your number one duty is take care of yourself. And that's, in fact, that's my message to everyone. Self-care, self-love is first on the chopping block. You think you fucking love people? I don't want to hear love and bliss. It's all about love and everybody. It's like love yourself first. You complain about the government, self-govern yourself, right? Let's see where you're at. You know, manage yourself first and foremost. I think that's so important. Well, this is the ego's lie where if there's an outward facing, I'm going to fix these problems, the government's wrong, the city's wrong, it's wrong on the outside, then the ego never actually has to get messed with. There's no challenge within. It's almost like a hiding, right? Complaining about external environment things or complaining about how the society is. And and granted, there's some things that we get to change. But yet, if there's nothing changed within me, if I'm not loving myself, if I don't have a deep well, a fucking bedrock of self-love, there's nothing I can really do on the outside world to change it. It's not, not going to happen. Not only that, but you're a fucking wet blanket for everybody else. Yeah. A victim wet blanket. Oh, woe is me. Poor is me. Blame, complain. And let me tell you guys, I've been there. So yeah, I know I think, all I think about To be it. human, <laughs> we've all felt like a victim at times. Oh, man, I had to do a gratitude journal systematically to cure my mind of that fucking hellhole. How long was the gratitude journal? I did. My brother challenged me. You think you know everything, right? And he came over to my house, and we don't have a close relationship. And, and uh, 
he said a couple things. He's been studying Tony Robbins for 30 years and he's successful in business. And so I listened up. I was in a, I was in a, I was in a bottom place in my life. And he said, look, just do a gratitude journal and focus on what you want. And so uh, I took that to heart because I was in a low, low place. And uh, I did that religiously probably six months I did morning and evening. And then that balanced out at least a year and a half diligently every day. Uh, and I'm so fucking grateful right now that, you know, I still do it occasionally, but I'm just grateful. I'm hell or high water. I'm, yeah. I'm just grateful. <laughs> and, and the times where it matters the most, Troy, is when we least want to be grateful. It's like, when is love most important? When is love most powerful? When a man or a woman or just a human is experiencing the deepest trigger ever. That's when love can wash away everything. But yet in that moment, God, what is it, man? What is it about, what is it about the human psyche where when we're in the deepest trigger, when gratitude and love and all these higher level emotions would actually serve us, there's something about the psyche that resists it, that resists the love, that resists the gratitude. What, what do you think that is, the resistance? I think it's so much fucking easier to complain and blame everybody else. It's like less work. Yeah. Oh, I oh I got to be responsible for my stuff. Oh, that's too much work. You know. Yeah. And I don't I don't want to minimize this for anyone. I mean, it's this is this is the human condition. This is this is where the rubber really meets the road for being on this earth plane. Um, so I don't want to minimize it, but uh, yeah, the more we can just fucking be grateful, do the gratitude list for a year and a half, guys. Just mm-hmm. do it. If mm-hmm. your life sucks, just do that. Do that. Be grateful for what you fucking have, because let me tell you, there's people with less than what you have. Yeah. You, have, you have fingers? There's people without fingers. I was in Thailand in January, and I bought gasoline out of a whiskey bottle, and there were people that were just living in absolute squalor, like the kind of poverty that would make anyone just want to give to them and hold them. Yeah. And I can even feel it right now. And I was thinking, God, they were so happy though. Yeah. They were yeah. such a, they were such a good mood. This woman gave me a ride home up to the hotel on her scooter and I tried to put five bucks in her pocket and she was like, no, I don't want this. And I'm like, no, really, it would mean a lot to me if you would receive this. And she said, no, you, it would mean a lot to me if you would just take my, my ride and you didn't give me anything. And I was just, I was blown the fuck <laughs> away. Tears, man. I was <laughs> blown away because I just thought to myself, here, here is someone that would, that $5 would give her food for probably, you know, half a week or almost a week. Yet there was so much love in her that she just wanted to give without anything in return. And I was like, wow, maybe I came out to Thailand, not for my breath work, but just to get that one gift right there, just to get that one gift. And, um, and I feel it with you too, man, because you've gone through the, the thresholds of understanding, like you share with us about your father, you share with us about your own health journey, you share with us about having the role reversal with you and your wife. Like, dude, this is real life shit. And this prepared you to be able to be on this platform now to launch your book. Can't you just look back and see how it all happened for you? Perfect. Legitimately happened for you. Yes. All the hell. All, uh, all of it. It's like Perfect. And now let's talk about Rhythmia because yeah. <laughs> Rhythmia, if you would have gone to a Rhythmia at another time, do you even think that you and your wife would have come together? Let's oh. dig into the story, man, because like, it fills my heart with joy and pride. And honestly, just like a brother, I'm just like, oh, like if I, if I were to see my own brother uh, go through what you went through, I would feel the exact same way. 
Yeah, it was magical the way it worked out. And you know, they declined her coming down when the That's other right. assistant was working. Yeah. And then we changed assistants and we figured we'd pop that question again. Wouldn't it be great to have media on a divorce couple? And then I think you might have told them I think that you might have pushed <laughs> you you might have helped us push that. I through. did. I said, Are you sure you don't want both of them to go? Yeah. Yeah. So um God, I mean, Rhythmia. So I've been working with ayahuasca since 2006 in the Amazon rainforest. I've done five retreats so far, uh, both for myself and, and bringing other pilgrims down there. And uh, my fifth was at Rhythmia. And the last one, this was 2019, the last one I did before that was 2012. So I'm, I'm not a big medicine junkie. I love medicine. I don't need to do it every week. But only when you're called. Right. Right. Well, it's a big responsibility for someone. I'm almost 54 now, and, and I don't like to fuck with my sleep. And between my injury with black mold and having kids in my 40s, I just don't mess with my sleep. You know, so doing doing any kind of ceremony after dark and staying up all night is eh, it's not the top thing on the chopping block. Although I want to do, I want to heal myself. You know, I I, I I don't do ceremonies very often. I've done one or two up here in, in Los Angeles uh, or in, in Southern California. But for the most part, I go to the jungle and do my medicine. And what they offered at Rhythmia, I mean, first of all, the Western mind wants to know. My gringo shaman in, in, in the Amazon, Scott Peterson, told me that. You know, he was a psychologist as well. And uh, and he he just basically said, the, 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 there's something about the Western mind you know, obviously it's been infected with multiple brain viruses or yeah. mimetic viruses, but uh, it just wants to know, hey, what's going on with me? What's this process? And you tell them and it can help it unwind a little bit better, the mental mental health. And so you go down to Rhythmia and it's just set up. It's like perfect creature comforts. You know, they pick you up from the airport. There's a little intro. It's serious. You got to sign a waiver. Um, it, it helps prep you on, on, it talks about, you know, receiving a miracle, you know, which to me, I studied enough marketing. I was like, yeah, that looks like cute marketing. I got my <laughs> fucking miracle on the first night of breath work, man. I went into a full-blown like Kundalini awakening, man. I was re- I was literally trying to levitate. I was up on my knees. I was in a full, full lotus. Like I can get into full lotus sometimes, but I was just like instantly in a full lotus and I was staying there and I was trying to like, I was pushing my arms off the ground and getting up on my knees and full lotus. And I was, I was like literally trying to levitate, man. I, I totally like cycled through all the tetany and stuff like yeah. that within less than 15 minutes. And I was like, whoa, I'm fucking, I just kept fucking breathing and People came over and I was like, everything's fine. You know, I'm doing great. You know, they're like, you want to lay down? And I was like, well, not really. I'm like in this position because it's just what happened. And yeah. so, so anyhow, you know, he prefaces it or preframes it with, uh, you know, receive your miracle. And uh, sure enough, you know, I didn't even drink ayahuasca and I had already received a miracle. I was like, the, 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 the one of the facilitators came over and they're like, they're trying to get me to lay down. I said, I'll lay down if you want me to, but I'm having fucking the best yoga experience I've ever had in my fucking life. <laughs> I was like, I don't know if you want to stop this. So that was just the first thing. And, and, and you know, how, how do you get into that? Well, I came in there, I checked my bags and went into my room. My room's, my room's completely clean. I come into breath work. They've got a nice pillow. They've got a nice blanket. Everything's clean. Everything's, you know, cordial. There's good instruction. There's, you know, everything's comfortable. And yeah. there's coconut water on tap. I mean, holy fucking shit with that. <laughs> 
And so it's good coconut water too. It tastes like it's got a little bit of lime in the coconut, you know. Anyways, it's, I was in heaven, man. Coconut water is a big deal for me. Yes, yeah. So, so I'm there in heaven. I'm having my miracle experience. It's just all the creature comforts are there. They got a beautiful, nice blanket, a clean pillow, you know, you know, clean pillowcase, and the, you know, it's just like you. Felt I could go cared deeper. For. Yeah, you I felt cared, cared for. deeper. I I felt cared for, and I could go deeper faster because it wasn't. You know, you're not in the Amazon. It's just like you know. Oh, that There's fucking, no boa constrictor. That fucking snake I saw on the way up here that they told me was deadly is fucking on my mind, and 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 so are the mosquitoes that are eating me to yes. fucking live, and you know, and it's just like, and God, the Peruvian ayahuasca is like yahe, you know, it's mm-hmm. like I think it's all yahe in the Amazon, <laughs> to tell you the truth. I mean, I don't know exactly what the specific brew was, but they did tell me it was ayahuasca and chacruna only, so I'm like, what the fuck is the difference? Because there's a difference between. Brad makes his medicine. It seems to be a little bit lighter and even lighter taste. There's a progression arrhythmia. I mean, they take you through low, medium, medium, high, and then blast it into outer space on the last night. But I, but I got to ask you, man, yeah. like, what, what was in your heart in that breath work? What'd you take in there to the breath work? And, uh, then, and then what, what was the miracle that came through? Yeah. So, so they gave a whole lecture on intention setting and they had, you know, Reverend Michael Beckwith's technology from Agape International Spiritual Center. And, uh, it was either JJ or, 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 or uh, Kim Terranova was teaching, and uh, it's all about intentions. And, and uh, you know, you hear about intention setting and all that stuff. And sometimes I, you know, I just marginalize it oh, as a fucking hippie fruitcake shit, you know. <laughs> but then I was just like, you know, I know this shit works because somebody yeah. told me to do that in, in, in Peru the first time I went there. And I was like, okay, so I, I hadn't set my intention. So I was about to land on the plane. I was like, all right, let me set my intention. All right. I want to connect to the divine feminine and all of its facets and open up my heart. Let me tell you, I got everything I bargained for in that 2006 trip. So I'm in breath work and I go, oh, fucking breath work. We're doing transformational fucking Leonard Orr kind of stuff. I'm like, eh, the tetany, it takes about an hour and a half to get in there. It's fucking Were you arduous. resisting? Were you resisting? Yeah, I was it? resisting. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm telling myself this whole fucking story and I was like, I just took a class on intention setting. How about right in the middle of fucking whatever bullshit I'm telling myself? Yeah. How about I say ease and grace and it's going to be a fucking amazing. And then boom, 15 minutes later, I'm like fucking full blown levitating. You know, so it's just like I reset my. What were my, you levitating about? What was it? Oh, I just I, I cycled through some like whatever the the breath work does for you and activates the DMT or whatever. It was happening, right? It was literally like I was I was elevating. I was yeah. I was going somewhere. It was like my my Merkaba wanted to take off and fly, and so um, so yeah, intention setting is you know it's. Uh, uh, it's valid. I've gotten valid just just as, just as powerful breakthroughs and um, emotional fucking hammers from breath work than I have with ayahuasca. Yep. It's, it's been the same magnitude. And I just actually this week, man, I, I drove out here from Sedona and we did this week intensive with breath um, called Breath is Prayer, a woman named Gwen Payne out there. And I had this beautiful connection to the fact that not only have all of us completely been supported but it is absolutely my choice to declare that I've been supported the whole time. And it's not mumbo jumbo, like spiritual bath water. I'm I'm talking about the feeling, the same thing you mentioned about Paul, the same thing you mentioned about yourself, the embodiment, the clicking in of lessons rather than just gathering and applying and speaking about them as if they're clicked in. Oh, totally. It's actually clicked. spiritual bypassing. Yeah. The the breath work 
clicks in and locks in almost like at the top of a lid, it snaps in. Yeah. Breathwork for me has snapped in so many lessons that honestly in ceremony were so intense and there's so many different consciousnesses spinning around the room. And I don't know if you feel this way. Um, sometimes breathwork can be more powerful because the space is so safe yeah. and we're not accessing the DMT states as drastically or as radically yeah. as when we fly into like different dimensions with, with ayahuasca. Yeah. Do, do you feel like the breath work for you has been just as powerful or is just different? Except for that one time at Rhythmia. Um, actually, I've had a, quite a few profound experiences on uh, breath work. So um, it, it's different. It, it's, it's, it's a it's, different modality. Yeah, it's different. And, but yes, it's very integrative. It's, it's very, in, and it has the tools to put it all together yeah. because you're getting high on your own supply. It's endogenous, right? So I think there's, a, there's an internal awakening that happens like, oh, I can do this my fucking self. This is coming Anywhere. from me. I could do it in the car. <laughs> In front of the grocery store. Well, d- my, uh, let me tell everyone out there, don't do breath work in the car. Don't do I this while passed, you're driving. I almost yeah, yeah. passed out one time. So. Pull over if you're going to do the breath work. Oh, Pull God. Over. The only breath work you can do while you're driving is box breathing. That's basically it. Okay, so first night you get in there then and, and tell us about your wife. Uh, can we mention her name? Yeah, Yuri Lee. Yuri Lee, beautiful soul. Uh, we'll link the video in the show notes of you and her in the spa just talking about it was like 10 minutes of pure joy, pure love, pure bliss where it was so, I was so proud. I was like, honestly, like part of me as a friend, I was so proud for what was coming through and the way that you were like giving her space to speak. And then you were, you were, you were back in your power and there, and there was this dance between you and her. And that dance, I think knowing your story now, maybe that dance kind of went away when you were playing mom and that dance like had a resurgence of you and her now being in the dance. And that's why love is coming through. So so on that first night, was that the beginning of what I saw in the spa was the first night, the beginning, or did it happen later? The, the spa was the last, one of the last days. Yep. Spa was one of the last days. Well, first of all, I want to say that you were definitely an integral instigator (laughs) Because I'd been talking to Brandy for, for a couple of years, or Rhythmia people, for a couple of years. By the way, we're recording this in Brandy's house, yeah. so I, that's interesting. <laughs> so for you to really, I think since, since the Bulletproof Labs conference, you, you kind of pushed that forward. You really helped me out a lot, so fist bump on that one. Yeah. Bam. Much love. So yeah, which I'm very I'm grateful for. Um, but what was your question? Yeah, essentially what I saw in that last video... Did it start the first night? Was it third night, second night? Like, when did it start right, so to this, turn? This is what happened. It's a little bit more of a story, but um, okay. So when we got divorced, basically she blamed me for everything, and uh, she knew about internal work, but she basically she wasn't looking inside. She was blaming me for everything. And uh, a year into our divorce, um, I worked with a client who came in from out of town, and she. Um, she was okay to do five amino DMT, and I took her down to my shaman down there, and uh, and she had an awakening. Now this shaman does two servings of uh, five amino DMT. One where you go for a deep dive and you go out and you meet God or dissolve into the all or whatever you want to call it, and then the other one is called a bottoms up, which is more of a Kundalini eye gazing while your fucking face is melting. <laughs> and, and the object is to stay fucking present, right? 
It's fucking magical. It's holy shit fucking magical because I had never done it, right? I'd always tried to go out and then I had my own fidgeting going on and I, I never went for the deep dive. A year later, I, I got that experience. But at this time, we're doing, we're doing the eye gazing. It's actually with my client. Mm. Flying on medicine, staying present. I came out of that ceremony going, whatever 50% of input that I have in the text messaging back and forth of trying to control and manipulate, or you do this, or you do that, and you pick up the kids here, and fuck you, and don't tell me what to do. and Whatever 50% of my energy was going into that, cut that shit out. That was my message coming out of that ceremony. And I've done so much healing work over the years, and my wife doesn't like swearing, and I've you know tried to say a million times, and I'll never swear again. And it fucking does. Some shit just doesn't stick. You know, mm-hmm. I'm never gonna do that again. And you fucking go do it again. Well, this time I was just like, all right, cut that shit out, Troy, and it stuck. And about a month later, I say, you know, oh, yeah, I'll take the kids, whatever you need. You know, yeah. And then she was started being bitchy on top of that, and I was like, hey, don't you see that? Um, there is a little bit of a difference here. Yeah. Tell me yeah. you recognize that. And she goes, yeah, but don't expect anything from me. And blah, 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 blah. A month later, she started drinking ayahuasca here in Los Angeles with, with uh, a, a group. And she came to me and asked me to forgive her for blaming her for the sum total of everything. And so anybody that thinks this ayahuasca thing is like, oh, yeah, it's this or that or whatever, let me tell you, it's fucking It has nothing to medicine. do. It has nothing to do with doing drugs or getting high. That's not what it's about. It's about exactly what you just expressed, which is, can we get down to the truth where all love actually is? And it's not the hippy dippy love that's here. It's the kind of love that we all can sense in our life is real. That's what fuels everything. That's what allows these flowers to grow. And the, the imagination that created this podcast equipment, our clothes, like whatever is breathing you and I right now, we haven't thought about our breathing, you know, maybe you have. Uh, so there's something to this medicine where it's from nature, it's from Gaia. Gaia is connected to father, father, mother, everything is one. Yes, it is kind of like the language that is esoteric though. It can be very esoteric at times. So as people are listening to what you went through with your wife, there was definitely something that shifted in her even before she went to Rhythmia. I did not know that. She shifted mm. before she even went. So she, she drank ayahuasca with me half cup in 2008 in the Amazon. Um, got bit by a mosquito and left. Took my son and everything. <laughs> I was down there for 17 days with a group and she was on a tour to Machu Picchu. And she came down to stay with me. And So we have a history of medicine. She just was never a big trooper. And then we went through the divorce and it was very traumatic for her. But as soon as I was gone, she had to look in the mirror because there was nobody else to blame. And so, and, and, and then that went on for a while and then she started drinking medicine. And so that medicine, you know, uh, has, and then she did that every month for a year. And then we- Every s- month for a year? Yeah. Why so much? Well, I think in Rhythmia, you do four nights in a row. That's a lot of good medicine, it right? It is. Get, doing one ceremony in the North America, I mean, you're still in the psychic density. You got to okay. go to work in two days. I mean, it's, So it's, it's the concentration, but not so much frequency that you think could be, could be more healing. Concentrated, less frequency. Yeah, I just think the weekend warrior stuff, it's good for doing some heavy lifting. But yeah. if you want to do the real work, I think it's good to go down to South America and go to the jungle and yeah. you know go off grid yeah. as much as possible. Um, 
there's a ther- therapeutic value because remember, drinking the ayahuasca is 25 to 50% of the work. The rest of it is you got to implement. <laughs> the ceremony starts the minute that somebody agrees and it continues for years after they come uh, home. Correct. Years. Correct, Amundo. So, uh, so, so there you go. So she started drinking medicine and uh, um, started taking responsibility. And then my single prayer the whole time we were divorced was to be um, uh, peace and harmony. Uh, no matter what. That was my intention. That was my prayer. Peace and harmony no, no matter what. Now, even if I fell on my face. And so uh, so as she started to drink medicine and started taking responsibility for her p- participation, then um, um, she was able to um, let go of a lot of preconceived notions. And then we started working together on family stuff. I mean, obviously, I'm, gonna, I'm here to support my children. Actually, I want to. I wanted to provide for her, whether she was divorced or not, because she's the mother of the children, right? So my objective was to get my business up higher and higher and higher. So she's taken care of. She doesn't have to work, and and she can take care of the children. So that's still my prayer. That's still my intention. I'm still working towards that. And she she was struggling with her her industrial job, the fashion business, and uh, Amazon.com's been inhaling that industry for. 10 years and mm-hmm. she's just been frustrated with it and that frustration she brings home and in, and we realized that all of her motivation for that because she wanted to break away from that when she met me at the health food store she wanted to open up a healing center she wanted to get away from the fashion industry yet she kept on going back because it was eat, eat quote unquote easy money yeah uh, but it was so much pain for her to stay in a job that she hated and so as as my business started doing better um and she started drinking more medicine. She realized, I got to get w- away from this fucking industry that I hate. But she still couldn't do it out of the grip of fear. Yeah. And so- How many people listening can feel that grip wherever you are right now? You guys know what we're talking about. Yeah. Your wife is just a mirror of millions of souls that feel that fucking grip. And she's got a Christian background and she's very loving on so many different levels. So the surface is like, I'm love. I don't operate from fear. You know, but the fact of the matter, she was driven by the fear of not having enough, and it's understandable because the mother instinct is, is there, right? She yeah. wants to provide sure. for, for the little ones. Yeah, it's coming from an, a, a perfect place of love. It's just the awareness and the consciousness isn't hasn't blended it yet. It's coming from a good place, and so for her strapping on the man pants, and for me be, being Mister Mom, I got worn out hormonally because they've got an extra gene or some kind of functionality that allows them to be completely exhausted and loving at the same time. <laughs> Women are just really strong. <laughs> multitaskers. I know it's a blanket statement, but the blanket rings true for me. I just feel like men, we do one thing really well at a time. Yeah. Anyways. So, so she was trying to put on her man pants. I was trying, trying to do everything and everybody was miserable. So now that the roles have switched, we're in our natural, you know, more flow. Yeah. Um, and I can breathe and be myself. She was also intermasculine trying to second guess everything. I'd start going in my business in one direction and she'd be like, no, change this. No, do this. No, do that. We're going for the, the shortcuts. Like we need to put money on the table right now. And, you know, mm. and so, and it was fucking up my internal guidance system. So the divorce did miracles for us because I was really able to focus on, on everything that I need to was focus on. Was it an on. actual legal divorce? Paperwork yes. and everything? Yes. And what year was that? That was, uh, I think we got divorced last year. It was last about year. a year out of the uh, out of the marriage. We did it pretty straight. I said no courts, no paperwork. Period. Cool. I won't walk in a I won't, I won't and I don't do paperwork. Yeah. So she honored that. 
she really wanted the divorce. We couldn't solve our problems together. And 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 duly noted, right? She wasn't doing her own work. She wasn't looking in the mirror. Yeah. Not that's not to say that I don't have a pile of of you know dysfunction or or issues or or shadow, right? Uh, it was just that you know she was unwilling to to, to look in the mirror, yep. and a year a year out she was able to really go back and look in the mirror and and really see what was what. Plus you're out in the dating field and it's like it's such a headache. Out she there, was you know? in the the first night of breathwork with you, right? Were you side by side or were you yep. across the room? She was side by side, side by side. And then during that first ceremony, like when when did the love and the healing start to really pour in for you two? Was it a specific night or was it there from like the very beginning? Well, the thing was, is I went on vacation with the kids in August. And so we started kissing. And, uh, you know, I, I, the last two years, I started dating a lot of women. I'm like, hey, I'm free now. I'm 50 and free, man. Woo! You know? And whipped out, oh, Bumble and Tinder. Oh, look at this fucking kid, kid in a candy store, you know? But I'm also 50 now. I'm a little bit more mature. And I was just like, and, and you have sex with a woman. And, and then next thing you know, the codependents start coming up. So I had to look at my codependents. Uh, you know, oh, I'm, I'm, this person's unhappy. And then I want to make them happy again. And then I'm like, where is that coming from? And then the, their, their unhappiness is actually a psychological game, you know, to hook you. And, and I was just like, okay, now I got to pull back the reins. <laughs> yeah. And the second you have sex with them, guess what? All emotional dysfunction gets to be at the party. And so I'm like, oh, it has a big responsibility. I don't know if I'm willing to have that So it wasn't just a candy store. Yeah, no, 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 no. It's not just a candy store. It's the candy store with the dirty toilet in the back and the dirty dishes and everything else that needs to be cleaned. And so I'm like, oh, fuck. All right, all right. This isn't as fun as I thought. So I pulled back quite a bit. And and then... um, so that was my experience, you know, going out. And then I didn't, I like women, so I didn't want to be celibate. And then, um, so she starts coming back into my life and, and, uh, and she worked with me on my book as well. So I think I paid her, uh, a certain uh, salary one month. And then she started doing all this creative stuff. And I said, whoa, 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 whoa. You know, I'm hiring you for your help, not for your creative input. I wanted to be clear on that because it really subjugated my internal guidance system. And I was, and I knew that. And so not that she doesn't have good ideas and not that they can't be honored, but I have to make the final decision and my vendors and creatives that I'm working with, my team that I'm working with, if I'm saying one thing and she's saying something a slightly different, it's confusing them and fucking up the job, right? It's confusing people. So I, to- I told her, you know, I have to make, she's like, I'm not your assistant. So we went back into that. Fuck you. No, fuck you. No. You know, we went back into that thing. So paying her as an employee didn't work, but she still stuck around and she wanted to be part of it. And I said, look, I'm, I'm, when, I, when this flies, you're going to benefit. I'm going to get you guys a nice house. You guys can live in and, and you know, you're going to benefit. Yeah. So she kept sticking around even though I wasn't paying her as an employee. And uh, and then we we started kissing. And then because I realized that sex is such a huge responsibility, I was just like, hey, before we go down this road, like, what do you want? What are you looking for? And she said, well, I want a, you know, uh, 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 I want an intimate relationship. And I was like, well, you know, I'll, we throw these fucking linguistics around. Sure. Like, like, you know, th- well, let's ground that into reality. Intimate? Okay. Come over to my house and tell me all your fears. <gasps> what? What? And this is after you've been married with kids. Yeah. Not only that, but, you know, that's one session. That took two, two and a half, three hours. 
Now when you go home, now come back. Now I want to hear all your desires, right? You know, all your sexual fantasies. I want to hear it all. Like, how intimate do you want to be? And then, and then, actually, we were right in the middle of kind of getting ready to hear her desires. So I was going to go down with a legal pad down in arrhythmia and, you know, start putting, you know, okay, this is what you want. This is what I want. You know, mm-hmm. so, this is the, the masculine yeah, structured yeah, the, the mind, mind is like, <laughs> all right, let's go solve all our problems. I'm going to take an emotional inventory of everything that's going on. So we'll never fall into a pitfall again. And what happened is we got to arrhythmia and none of that shit fucking happened. And we just started kissing and mm. making love and... There was just so much unspoken stuff that just didn't need to be spoken. And then the clean sweep with the ayahuasca for those four days and the breath work and all that stuff just cleaned everything out. And and there was no... There were no questions. What was one of the moments when you were both doing ceremonies together that really opened your heart the most? What was one of the moments where something pierced in there and then like everything came out? Well, it's pretty magical the way they have the pre-frame or the, the program or whatever because they kind of talk about it going through those ceremonies. Yahe was, uh, being married on Yahe was definitely the most healing for me, uh, but I connected with my soul. You know, I was like, ah, come on, there's a bunch of hokey marketing shit, you know. <laughs> I was like, you know, I know heal your heart, but connect with my soul. Come on, I'm connected, dude. I'm, all right, I'm connected. But then I realized there's this little three-year-old guy inside of me, and they had that front lawn out there. I swear to God, I paced 20 fucking miles on day three, I think it was. And I, you know what I realized? I fucking love walking barefoot, man. Yeah. Fucking, and you know what? My mind's got a lot of ideas, and they're fucking good ideas. But you know what? My rubber soles aren't grounding them into the earth. And so I was like, I fucking pace. I was writing comedy, and I was working on Ripped at 50, and I was I was like, all these videos I'm going to make and shit like that. And I was just like, this is part of my creative process. This is who I am. This is this makes me happy. I'm fucking happier than a pile of fu- and fucking a pig and shit. I'm fucking happy just marching to, up and down. There's grasses underneath my ground. Fucking, I can feel a little bit of water and moisture. Oh, that's fucking centipede just fucking bit me. I'm fucking happy on this fucking grass, walking, fucking flushing my ideas out of my fucking head, and mo- moving my body. Right, movement as medicine. Mm-hmm. I'm like, this makes me fucking happy. And then I realized. A day later, I was about to get married, and I was like, oh, I was fucking ready to puke on Yahe, and I was like, oh, God, oh, I'm getting married. Hold it together, Troy. You're fucking getting married, dude. All right. And then fucking, I was like, all right, where's your soul, right? Because I connected with him the day before, and then I was realizing, soul, so it's right it's right here, third chakra area, soul, soul, solar, solar plexus. I was like, the word's right there. That's where the soul, for me, resides, you know? I was like, that little guy inside of me that likes to walk on the... It likes to walk on the grass. And Did you do that a lot when you were a little boy? You'd walk barefoot? I had hamburger toe when I was a kid because I stubbed it so much because on the cement. And I, I was a little hippie kid in the Haight-Ashbury district of San Francisco. So I was plenty barefoot, Yeah, you know? And, uh, um, but I didn't realize how much I really loved it until I was there at Rhythmia. I, I literally paced 20 miles. You yeah. ask anybody that was down there. Yeah. <laughs> they were like fucking... I was just out there doing that. Where, where was... Yuri at this point, was she watching you? Like, Oh, she was in bed. She was in bed. Yeah, she was yeah. in bed. I brought her out there once, and then some of the, some of the 
some of the facilitators were like, are you guys together? You guys aren't supposed to be holding hands. And I just wanted to do her to experience that groundedness. But again, I was, I was putting my medicine on her and she got a taste of it, but that was all, you know, she, so there was definitely a moment though, where, where you came together and something new came in, you came together at Rhythmia, like you'd never come together before. Yeah. There was something there that bonded you. Well, I think having sex, I mean, so we got there on a Saturday. We probably had sex that first night because um, we're not living together, right? Even to this day, we both still have uh, our own houses. Uh, we're moving back together soon, but uh, we weren't living together. And then time constraints and we hadn't had sex in, in two years. Mm. And I just felt like once I got there, I was just, I, I was ready to let go of even more stuff. And I felt really comfortable too. I, I, I don't think that can be overlooked. You know, people write to me about the price and stuff like that. Look, it's going to cost you that much to go down to Peru anyways. Yeah. You know, it's just going to be less creature comforts. And I like Peru and I send people down to, to my friend's place down there still to this day. It has its value. But I just got there and just felt so comfortable. And I was pretty clear that dating women... Eh, you know, and I'm so clear on my, my mission and my, my passion, my legacy right now. You know, and I don't want to be thinking about sex. And I got off porn recently, which I think has tremendous value as well. Amen. Um, and it's it's still very new. And, and I'm thinking, ooh, that had a big play on everything as well. And so this is a beautiful woman. She's a good woman. Um I mean, how much do you want to go out and look for more stuff? And because of my porn, I think I'm always looking for that perfect spread labia and fucking bubble butt and you know and this curve and that curve and whatever idealistic yeah. you know shit that i have program and look i've been looking at porn since I was fucking 12 man 13 years old for me yeah it's in there mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. even though i've cycled off a couple of times so i'm realizing oh you know this is all and i was like this is a fucking good woman i had sex with a bunch of chicks and it didn't float my boat pretty much once you're done with sex if there is no bond, it's it's almost over for 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 a man anyhow. Yeah. And so I'm just like, this is a good woman. She's the mother of my children. What do I fucking really need? We study sexual kung fu. We've got enough experience in that that we know how to have fun, mm -hmm. right? And and sexual kung fu is a practice. So now I get, ooh, I got a partner. We can practice. Is this sexual shit. kung fu different than tantra? I mean, it's it the same same type of thing. Okay, you know, seminal retention, channeling the energy. Um, you know, so, so building up of the muscles down there. Um, and so I was just like, you know, I did the math and I was just like, you know, fuck it, dude. And, and then you talk about commitment and devotion. That was another thing that came up for me. You know, at what level am I truly showing up energetically? If my mind's still in fucking some other chick's bubble butt, right. Or, or fantasizing about that, yeah. you know, how much am I really, you know, committed? What level of, of fine tuning can I do? And so, um, so all that all that came up, and then so again we had the sex, then we did the breath work the next night, and then when we started drinking medicine, we weren't having sex. I mean, it was pretty integrative, you know, exhaustion, yeah, late nights. And so, um, but after that, I just realized after the medicine, it's just, we don't need to talk about anything. You know, we, we might have to figure out how we're going to move in back together, but let's just settle in with just the feeling and the energy. And then that video we made, you know, that was all from the heart. Yeah. And we have a greater understanding because it's not that the shadow doesn't exist and it can't rear its ugly head again, but what are you going to do when it does? 
you know, where's your inventory? You're going to take your inventory. You're going to take someone else's inventory. So, so we're in that place right now. So good. She knows if she's getting heated, she's got to look within first. Yeah. You know, take responsibility for for her ideology or ideas or whatever. Do you think that? Well, what's your sense? What's your knowing about? Would you have gotten the experience you had, the healing with Yuri? Um, if you hadn't gone to Rhythmia? Do you think that was a culminating factor? Do you think that was the bridge? I wouldn't have gotten back with her unless there was some dramatic medicine time. We tried the the, the, the therapist. And we got yeah. good therapists in, yep. our, in our camp too. Um, we tried the therapist. The therapist didn't work. You know, She fired every therapist that was in our way. So I, I, think, I think medicine for me was the only way to get clear because words are great. But again, like I said, when I got there, I was ready to put shit on a legal pad and like whiteboard it and all that stuff. All that went out the window. <laughs> I love your heart, bro. I, I love, I love how you explain like, I was going to go fix love's problem with the mind. <laughs> I was going to use the mind to fix love's problem. And I just feel like yesterday I had a woman who was sitting right here across this table and she was like, you know, she was a human design expert. Oh, yeah. Human design, you know. I don't know if you know your human design. Yeah. I'm a manifestor generator. Manifestor generator. Me too. (laughs) And um, so there's certain ways that the body can speak that have nothing to do with the mind's comprehension. Like your body knows so many things and your body, it feels like to me, I'm curious how you, you feel on this. It feels like your body and Yuri's body already knew before you went to Rhythmia, before you drank the medicine, your body's already knew. Yeah. It was just the mind had to be convinced. The mind had to actually go, oh, and recognize what your body was feeling. Yeah, you, totally true what you're saying, but there was still part of my mind that was like, all right, let's get some kind of agreement here. <laughs> you know, <laughs> the honeymoon period's always cute. Yeah. But after that, we got to dance with the shadow. So, and I want to make sure it's on paper to fucking... <laughs> Make sure that you're towing your weight. And all that shit went out the window as soon as the medicine came in and and we reunified ourselves. Mm. So now here you are, dude, you're back. You're back in LA and you've received all these downloads and lessons in healing. Uh, the medicine works, people. <laughs> the medicine works. And, you, and so what's, what's the medicine that you're bringing back, Troy, to the people? What medicine are you bringing back now? Is it different than when you left? That's a good question. So 2006 was, you know, my big medicine journey awakening um, in the Amazon. And those messages, the three visions I had were a vision of my daughter came to me, a feminine spiritual entity. Mm -hmm. And uh, I wasn't married at the time, came home, interviewed everybody. People were like, I'm not interested in getting married. And that's how I found Yuri. And um, we fell in love, and I actually married her for a green card uh, initially, but she was such a nice, friendly. I really loved her personality, and then we fell in love. And so, um, and I don't believe in marriage because my, both my parents were divorced twice. So I'm like, it's just paperwork. But I have no problem doing it for paperwork, right? If it's gonna, if it's, sure, if it's gonna serve me and it's legal, I'm, you know, I got no problem with it. So that's my little ph- philosophical dance around that. And so, uh, and again, I still think that. Also, there was a level of one foot in, one foot out for me, and the porn and all that stuff is layered. Yes. So, uh, so we're going to be doing so much so, work on porn in the future as so, men. So when I did Yahe, and I got married on Yahe, right, there was a higher level of responsibility. 
And there was a coming correct with myself that almost had no words. It was just however I was showing up. And a lot of the healing that was done on Yahe night, on the last night, and remember, we were up for 13, 14 hours, right? And and everybody else got their healing. So I got my healing and the wedding ceremony at the same time. And it was hitting me with that shakapa, those leaves, right in the heart, man. I was fucking bawling, bro. I got it on camera. I was bawling. And most of that emotional release was forgiveness of my fucking self. It was so fucking powerful. And because... You'd think, oh, yeah, you know, that's a little selfish choice, forgiveness for yourself or whatever. But the fact of the matter Mm -hmm. is, is the energetic that I come at with the unforgiveness inside of myself is so discordant, right? It's an energetic discord. And so I just really had, and again, that's probably merging with the soul and just letting the, you know, healing the inner child. Everything's okay, man. Just fucking let it out, man. Let let go of that shit. Don't carry mm-hmm. that shit around with you. Mm-hmm. And so, so that that happened inside that ceremony, and you you can't really put words on that. Um, and we got married. There was a ceremonial aspect. They tied this tapestry around our arms. We were there for half an hour. We were getting prayed upon. We were getting sung to. We were getting. You know, the copal was coming through. The floral water was being blown all over us. I mean, it was a full-blown shamanic healing. And uh, and I was fucking bawling for 30 minutes. And uh, my wife was like, dude, hold it together. You know? I mean, <laughs> We're a- at our second wedding, Troy. <laughs> I mean, energetically, she was like, oh, this is beautiful. But yeah. on, on, on the, I think on the physical realm, she was like, all right, hold it together, buddy. Yeah, you know? yeah. And so, but it was so therapeutic. You know, it's just like lifetimes of just ugh, just stuff carrying on my chest, you know, carrying on your back, that burden, that cross that we bear, that we carry with us. And it's so low level unconsciousness that it's, that it's in us and it affects our decision making and our come from when we talk to people. And it was all dissolved in a ceremony of fucking ineffable magic. Mm. You know, energetic, unseen, you know, magic. And there was so much stuff that happens. Like, I don't even have to think about it, question it. I know that part of the integration process for a lot of medicine people and a lot of the clients I coach, you know, they want to hold on to the idea when they were in ceremony. What was that feeling again? Sure. And so for me, there's like none of that. Whatever healing happened, it's in my template. I'm completely cool with it. You just trust that it's there. I don't have to go back and search for it. I don't have to have meetings with my wife of like, oh, well, you know, I'm feeling a little bit this way and that way. And, you know, we work stuff out right in the moment. Things are happening right in the moment. It's happening with her is where she used to get stuck. Hey, we need to talk about this. Mm -hmm. Or things that used to trigger me. So between the merging of my soul and this big healing of my relationship, the things that she's brought up to me in the last week or so, um, of, hey, Troy, you need to look at this, or this is some reflection that's coming back, or what are we going to do with this? Either it's a business venture, or this person's out of line, or I need to correction here, or you need to look at your behavior. The children have this, any of it. It's like, give me the input. All right, how does that sit? All right, all right, what's the best solution for it? Do I need to look at myself? Do I need to make a decision here? So it's, it's, much, more, it's much more clean and crisp, and I'm not triggered. Yeah. Where most of my, all of my life, I've just simply been triggered. So it's almost like your ability to handle stress, like an input of stress has been raised. Your ability to handle stress. Completely. Yeah. 
Completely. Because I'm a pretty grounded person as long as I'm nourished and I'm rested and all that stuff. But set me off in the wrong way. And part of the reason why I do all my certified health not practices anyways is just to make sure that I'm not an asshole, yeah. right? Make sure that I'm fed. <laughs> make sure that I've taken a shit. Yes. You know? How, how about that? I'm, yeah. I'm not a pretty person when I don't take a shit, right? So, And a lot of my digestive issues, my 30 years of practice has really been all about make, me being able to take a shit, not feel bloated, mm. and not feel all uptight. And so, but I still had those triggers of anger. And now I definitely feel it's lessened. I mean, the proof's only in the pudding. Let's yeah. talk six months out. Let's talk mm -hmm. a year out. You know, where am I now? Yeah, well, let's talk about that because there's a way of integration. Like you're prepared. You're prepared. You've been through ceremonies quite a bit. This one was profound and special because of the blessing and the healing. And like you said, man, which, which really gave me a, a chill feeling. And that was forgiveness. <sighs> forgiveness is this beautiful medicine for all of us. Uh, how are you going to integrate the forgiveness now? For the rest of uh, 2020, by the way, 2020 is coming up a new, a new decade. How are you integrating forgiveness in, in 2020 and, and from the ceremony? All is forgiven, Josh. Period. Forever. Infinitum. And if I forget, fucking remind me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's, that's all I can say. I mean, I yeah. don't want to come on my high horse and ah, sure. I fucking arrived and, you know, I'm enlightened now. And I don't know when shit hits the fan. Yeah. But for right now, that I just feel all is forgiven. And mm. you know what? You know, one of my business partners got on me today and fucking screeched at me. And I used to be an angry guy, so I know where that's coming from. So I forgave him in the moment. Took a deep breath. Normal old triggered me. It would be like, fuck, fuck me, fuck you. You know? And so in the moment, I was just like, all right, this guy's angry. And he's got some deep-seated shit. And there's a lot of shit going on. All right, yeah. let me not react. Let me listen. And let me get back on the phone. That's who I was on the phone with when I, when I pulled up here. And um, tried to get off the phone. But, you know, it was ongoing. So all, all is forgiven. All and is forgiven. even if things don't work out in business or relationship, Things are still forgiven. Yeah, you know, peace, peace, and love. You know, thank you for sharing this story, man. Because I had been looking forward to it for a while, and I wanted to call you right when you got back and be like, "Troy, tell me everything." But I respect it. I was like, well, "Give him his space," you know. And I knew we were going to do this. And there's been multiple times in our conversation that I've had that that cry feeling, and that cry feeling is really connected to love. It's connected to gratitude. All the things that the mind wants to compartmentalize and be like, "Oh yeah, it's this, it's that," right. It can't really be described. You have to That's feel correct. it. So if people are, are looking for healing, they can find it in many different places. Yes. It, like ayahuasca may not be for everyone. Breathwork mm -hmm. may not be for everyone. But uh, I healing, would say breathwork is. I would say breathwork is. Because we fucking all 99.999% of people. Uh, and even if they can't And everyone's breathe, got DMT receptors. <laughs> even if Hello? they can't breathe that well, they can get coached into breathing. So that's yeah, true. Yeah. But... Um, when it comes to healing, you know, and healing and wellness too, this is a question that I ask every guest and uh, with your healing, especially with the healing that you've been through recently, how would you define wellness now? Like what's your definition of living life well? What's your definition of wellness? And being peaceful and balanced in the moment. And sometimes you go out of balance. Right? And, and, and uh, I think the pendulum swings both ways, right? So if you got absolute wellness an absolute debauchery on the other end, right? You might want to keep it balanced because if the pendulum's pegged on the other level, the potential for it to go to complete debauchery is there, right? So 
as much as we can walk the razor's edge, hey, look, I live in the city. We've got 5G. We've got industrial waste. We've got, I don't know, 10 million cars on the road. And you can see the, the fine line of smog out there on the, uh, on the horizon. So, you know, we're, we have to deal with not being well elements in our society and still be able to, you know, move forward. So um, walk the razor's edge. Mm. and do the best you can. But my book's coming out soon, and there's nine foundation pillars in there, um, and they're immutable elements. They're like in uh, physics, they call it first principles. You know, they're basics. And yeah. all, all the martial arts masters have you know, taught replication of the basics. So fundamental things, immutable things that can't, people really can't argue with, hydration, nutrition, sleep, movement, um, you know, uh, nature relationships these things can't be ignored and uh and i think when you you nourish those foundation principles on a regular and constant basis best you can you're gonna have some form of wellness Mm -hmm. is purpose in there purpose and meaning yeah legacy that's one of them yeah yeah this is what i've been feeling into too and and i love the way you said that it's being peaceful and it's being here in the moment like that is a lifelong learning skill because there's going to be so many things that rip us out of the moment. And so it's really nourishing oneself is what I heard from you, mm-hmm. nourishing oneself. And the ways that people nourish themselves in this world is so different than the world that happened for our parents and our grandparents. So Troy, thank you, man, for the healing you've done, uh, for the man that you are, for the way that you serve our world, for what you do in wellness, um, and just for everything, man. Thanks for being Troy Casey and thanks for coming on the show. Thank you, Josh. I appreciate you. And uh, I just want to give a blast out. Ripped at 50, a journey. Hashtag ripped at 50, a journey to self-love. Troy is, is coming ripped, out. <laughs> he's, he's ripped. Yes. Uh, is coming out very soon or maybe even when this podcast. So we're going to pre-launch it first. Uh, I've got my new breathwork course that's coming out. It's doing amazing. People, the response is incredible. My YouTube channel's really kicking butt right now, and so is my Instagram. And so I encourage everyone to connect and and come out to a man tribe or any one of my events, Qigong in the Park, or uh, we do private retreats here in Santa Monica for individuals and also for groups of businessmen as well. So holler at your boy if you need any holler healing. Holler at Troy. What's your IG? Certified Health Nut. Certified Health Nut. You guys, thank you for being here with us on the show. And I know we took some twists and turns, but you know, if you could have been here, well, you were here with us and felt Troy's presence and the way that he described uh, his journey, you know, this journey of healing and wellness, man, it just, it just lights me up in a special place. Um, so thank you for spending time with us and just take a moment to reflect on where you're balanced and where you're not balanced in your life and just do the good work. You are all supported, well forgiven, as Troy reminded us. So until we see you again, I'm wishing you love and wellness. Yeah, baby. Hey, thanks for listening to the show, my friend. Everything you learned on this podcast starts with your morning practices. So from over 300 world-class guests, we pulled together six simple yet powerful morning practices down into a 21-minute system guaranteed to increase your vibration and the way that you feel every day. Get this free powerful guide over at wellnessforce.com forward slash M21. And if you love this show, share it with somebody. Share it with somebody that you love or that you care about. You can support the show easily by leaving us a five-star review on iTunes. 
Just go to wellnessforce.com forward slash review, or if you're on your phone, just tap it, hit the link in purple that says review this podcast. And the journey does not stop here. We're continuing this discovering process in our private Facebook group over at wellnessforce.com forward slash group. You can be a part of it. You already are. All you have to do is join us at wellnessforce.com forward slash group, and I will welcome you at the door. Now go out into your life and live your life well. And until I see you again real soon, I'm wishing you love and wellness.